Hello there, U.S. History fans. So today we are going to be doing a little combo unit, uh, kind of wrapping up a few themes throughout the year. Now, no doubt, we will be talking about these more and more as the year goes on, but I want to take a little time just to kind of bring together some themes. So uh, the two themes we're going to be talking about primarily are women's rights and civil rights. So we kind of left off with the 50s unit and we said that women's rights were changing around this time. So we're going to talk about some of those and we'll also, I'll make a few references to some things in the future. And also we'll be talking about civil rights, which we talked about kind of moving ahead with the rock and roll generation. So Let's get going here with women's rights. Now, we've already covered some stuff with women giving the right to vote and, um, you know, being able to work during World War II and kind of wanting those jobs after World War II and then, um, you know, you know the stereotype that most women were housewives during the 50s, but also there were a lot of jobs that, were, um, that women were doing during the 50s. So, anyhow, let's start talking about some kind of women's rights movements. And the first one we're going to be talking about here is just the uh, idea of feminism. And feminism, you know, modern day maybe has a little bit different definition, but here's your textbook definition. The theory of political, economic, and social equality of men and women. So the three big parts that is political, economic, and social equality of men and women. And feminists are the people who believe in this equality or take action to make sure that this equality happens. So, and like I said earlier, um, you know, after World War II, women began to, uh, you know, were working more stuff. But we also see after World War II, women attending college more regularly. So in 1950, which was our unit we just finished up here, our 50s unit, 25% of Bachelor's of Arts degrees were earned by women. By 1970, it was 43%. And modern day, uh, there are more women uh, attending college than men right now. Uh, so anyhow, just some interesting statistics there for you. All right, um, moving on here, we have uh, an organization called NOW, um, and that is National Organization for Women. Uh, and this women's group, um, at this time that we're talking about, they got a lot of their guidance from a lot of the civil rights movement. So we will see some similarities between this, uh, this information and some of the civil rights stuff. Uh, but you know, now, one of the big things that they wanted uh, was equal job opportunities for men and women. They felt that there was some discriminatory practices going on, and they wanted equality in the job place. Um, also, they attacked the false image of women in the media, because oftentimes TV, movies, and just pop culture in, in general... Um, uh, kind of portray women as sex symbols um so they kind of went after that and said no that you know there's a lot uh, a lot different roles and stuff that can be portrayed on the big screen meaning movies and tv shows and stuff like that and we need to make sure that that's happening um and also equal roles in the household so they felt that there was kind of a disproportionate um as far as like household duties raising kids and those kind of things all right, so we're going to fast forward a little bit. We're going to leave the 50s and 60s behind. We're actually going to go to 1972 really quick here. Um, so in 1972, uh, Congress passed a prohibition against sexual discrimination. And later in uh, 72, Congress passed, um, which was the then Equal Rights Amendment. And here's a little quote for you. Equality of rights under the law shall not be denied or abridged by the United States or by any state on account of sex. So basically, men and women are completely equal when it comes to jobs kind of thing. Or any rights for that matter, I guess. 
Now, as I said, this was an amendment that was passed by Congress. However, if you remember back to some of our early units when we talked about kind of how the American government works and whatnot, this amendment has to be ratified by the states. So the amendment was sent out to the states for ratification. However, it never achieved the 38 states or three-fourths needed for it to ratify. So still to this day, it has not been ratified. We are starting to see uh, more states ratifying it kind of recently, even though it has kind of um, elapsed the necessary time frame that it needs to be ratified. So there has been some calls for this to be changed modern day and, and update and ratify it fully and everything. Um, but as it is right now, this has not been added as an amendment to the Constitution to the United States. Um, we're still waiting on the state. So hopefully this is something I will be having to update my podcast later on and this gets uh, fully changed. But as it is right now, it has not been ratified by enough states in total to be an amendment. And um, also, we started to see women becoming more involved with politics uh, kind of during this next span of years that we were talking about. And one of the big ones was Roe v. Wade or Roe versus Wade, and that was the legalization of abortion. And this is still very controversial today. Now, I know that that was kind of just a quick little information to go over all that, but um, like I said, as the units go on, we will be still addressing women's rights, and I know we've talked about it before. So uh, the next little section that we're going to be talking about here, I know this is kind of a half-combined unit here, but we're going to be talking about civil rights. And we said that a lot of the things that were going on with women's rights also had a lot of similarities with civil rights. So um, let's talk about a court case here. Brown versus Board of Education, and that declared that separate but equal doctrine was unconstitutional and could not be applied to public education. So basically what it comes down to is schools can't be segregated anymore. None of this separate but equal, you know, having a black school and a white school or anything like that, you have to get rid of that. And a year later, the court actually said that the local school boards should move to desegregate, quote-unquote, with all deliberate speed. So they have to do this now. And it basically ended segregation in schools. And segregation actually started with another court case called Plessy versus Ferguson. Now, uh, there's a group that we've mentioned this before in our units, but just a little reminder here. Um, the a group that has helped out a lot with civil rights over the years and still to this day does is the NAACP, which is the National Association for the Advancement of Colored People. And it is the oldest civil rights organization in the United States. And now all these, you know, court cases and everything that we're going to be talking about, you know, this isn't just like this didn't happen overnight. This didn't just happen in one decade or anything like that. We've been talking about this throughout our U.S. history units. Um, so just if I jump around a little bit, just so you get a little idea of where I'm coming from, this spans a little bit of time. So we're going to talk about 1947 here a little bit. Um, and that is the color barrier uh, in baseball that was broken by Jackie Robinson, who played for the Dodgers, 1947. And, you know, he, he, he was the first one to kind of, you know, because they had the quote-unquote white leagues and the black leagues for baseball. And Jackie Robinson uh, decides to, you know, he I'm sorry, he decides he gets 
he's a great baseball player and gets hired on to play for the Dodgers. But, um, you know, that was a, a wonderful thing for civil rights. But he was met with a lot of discrimination. The St. Louis Cardinals uh, threatened to strike if he played and didn't end up quite happening like that. But they gave him very rough treatment whenever they played against him, spitting on him and doing all kinds of horrible things. All right, another, not necessarily court case, but uh, an area to talk about and some things going on was 1955 in Montgomery, Alabama with Rosa Parks. And this was the Montgomery bus boycott. So uh, she took a seat in the quote-unquote colored section of the bus. uh, And the rules at the time were, you know, that like the back of the bus was if you were black and then the front was for white passengers. And if it got filled up, then black passengers had to give up their seat in order for the white passengers to sit down. Well, the bus got full. Uh, someone wanted her seat, and she didn't get up. And so she got arrested at the next stop. And so she was put on trial for breaking segregation laws. And this is kind of where this bus boycott um, or this policy of not riding or refusing to ride the entire bus system by African Americans during this time started. And they would not ride the bus system until the segregation policy changed. And the NAACP uh, was one who organized this boycott. And we see a head of of this peaceful protest, a 26-year-old Martin Luther King Jr. So hopefully you've heard his name before, but this is kind of where he really uh, comes into the forefront of history. So over the next year, uh, 55 here, of, of this bus boycott... 50,000 African Americans rode bikes, they carpooled, they would basically do anything but ride the bus. And the bus company lost tons of money, but they refused to change their policy. And it wasn't until the Supreme Court finally stepped in that the bus uh, segregation um, was ruled uh, unconstitutional that it finally changed. So... Uh, We'll be talking more about some of these boycotts and stuff going on. But like I said, just a quick little brief overview of all these things here. The next group is the Little Rock Nine. So the governor of Arkansas said that he could not keep order um, if he had to enforce integration or get rid of segregation for another way of saying it. So he posted National Guards troops in Central High School. Remember, this is Little Rock, Arkansas. Um, and instructed these National Guard to turn away nine African-American students trying to attend school. Well, President Eisenhower at the time was very angry and took over control of the National Guard and basically said, no, you will protect these nine students. And they became known as the Little Rock Nine, and they were the first group of minority students to go to an integrated school in Arkansas. All right, now I want to get back real quick to talking about Dr. King. Now, I already mentioned him a little bit with the Montgomery bus boycotts, but that wasn't just his only little historical presence here. So um, that was kind of his debut, and he goes on to do more and more with civil rights, and he practices nonviolent acts of resistance. So he shows that he's upset, but he is not going to take up arms against other people to show that he's upset. 
So he organized sit-ins where people would just sit inside businesses that practice discrimination. So they basically created this immovable object of their own body to bring awareness to the problem. Uh, boycotts, like Montgomery bus boycotts, uh, you know, they would just refuse to participate in any organization that was practicing segregation stuff. And he was influenced heavily in this respect by Mahatmas K. Gandhi, or just Gandhi as most of us know him as. He was, he being Dr. King, was the first president of the SCLC, Southern Christian Leadership Conference, um, an African-American civil rights organization. And under his leadership, they participated in nonviolent acts of resistance, kind of par for what we're talking about here. Now, after, you know, the whole Montgomery bus boycott and desegregating and stuff, not everyone was on board with segregation. Some groups um, decided to test to see if people were following these Supreme Court rulings. And so these different groups of people and stuff would take freedom rides. Or basically they would ride buses throughout the South seeing if they were practicing segregation still or not. Um, so anyway, um, more and more with the protests and stuff. This is just kind of a whole collage of different things that were going on during this time. But marches and protests were being illegally shut down in Birmingham, Alabama. Um, the mayor uh, was participating in this. And that was, oh, I apologize for the name here. Theophilus Eugene Connor, uh, nicknamed Bull Connor. And during this time of shutting down protests, uh, Dr. King, along with many other demonstrators were, uh, that were protesting and marching, uh, got sent to jail. And after a week, he was released on bail. And right after he got out, they marched again, and 900 people got arrested. But the difference here was... It was on national television and the rest of the United States and some of the world to that extent. Uh, but most of the rest of the United States watched as uh, like attack dogs and fire hoses were being used to put down uh, protesters. And this was seen as too much for Alabama because they just couldn't handle the negative press that they were receiving. So um, desegregation and nonviolent acts of resistance won out the day. Next, we're going to talk about uh, Dr. Martin Luther King's March on Washington, which had 200,000 people who came from all over the country. And this march was for jobs and freedom. And while there, he gave his most iconic, famous speech, the I Have a Dream speech. So, and that was given in front of the uh, Abraham Lincoln Memorial, by the way. So, all right, let's talk about where the law is in response to some of these different things that are going on with civil rights. So, we're going to be talking under the Johnson administration. We're fast-forwarding a little bit here to 1964, but the Civil Rights Act of 1964. All right, and here are the highlights from what was in it. No public accommodation uh, for discrimination, meaning motels, restaurants, gas stations, theaters, and sports arenas, nothing that is for the public like those can have any type of discrimination. Uh, this act withheld federal funds from programs that practice discrimination. So if you wanted to get money from the government and you practice discrimination, sorry. Um, it banned discrimination on the basis of race, sex, religion, or national origin by employers. So businesses can't discriminate people. And it created the EEOC, the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission. 
And this basically investigated charges of job discrimination. So it's great to pass these laws, but we have to also kind of keep an eye on it. Um, also, uh, we have uh, the 24th Amendment in 1964 that got rid of the poll tax, which was basically a tax levied on every adult as a prerequisite to registration for voting. So basically, you can't charge people to vote is what it comes down to. You can't put any kind of tax or money that discriminates against people. So that's kind of discriminatory. And then finally, uh, the Voting Rights Act of 1965, no voting registration standards at all. And this essentially got rid of literacy tests, which were these unfair tests from the South that were used to discriminate against African Americans. Now, we've been talking a lot about Dr. King. We talked a little bit about Rosa Parks and the NAACP, but there's someone else we need to talk about when it comes to civil rights. And this is someone, he, he did things a little bit differently than Dr. King, and sometimes it's seen as the opposite of Dr. King, but we have Malcolm X, and he was born Malcolm Little, but he advocated civil rights, but the way to get them, he felt, was through violent acts of resistance, not non-violent acts of resistance. Um, now, while he was in prison for burglary, burglary, ugh, bad an English enunciation there, Mr. McEwen, sorry. Uh, he joined the Nation of Islam, a specific group known as the Black Muslims, and he kind of reformed his ways of doing things violently and so forth, or just taking such uh, action to things. Um, so uh, it was a little too little too late, though. He was shot dead at a rally in New York, but you know his way of doing things was violent acts of resistance, at least early on until he reformed his ways. All right, now, so like I said, he and Martin Luther King didn't necessarily get along. They had different kind of ways of doing things. And like I said, he met um, a, you know, tragic demise there. He was uh, killed. Um, and kind of building off of that, sadly, Martin Luther King Jr. was assassinated in 1968. So uh, Dr. King uh, started to attack the economics of the United States um, because he felt that Poverty bred violence, and that was kind of controversial back then, still controversial today. And he was speaking for striking garbage men in Memphis, and uh, he was on a balcony of his motel when he was shot and killed by James Earl Ray. And after that, the nation just erupted. They were very, very upset by this. So riots and fires and violence broke out in over 120 different cities across the nation. 50 people died during this time. Johnson ordered that flags be hung at half-mast to honor Dr. King. Um, and it was just a, um, a real, real sad time for uh, the nation after that. Now, Dr. King did leave behind um, lasting legacies, including on into today. But 1966, Barbara Jordan became the first African-American elected to the Texas State Senate since Reconstruction. Between 1970 and 1975, the number of African-Americans elected, uh, elected officials rose by 88%. Uh, we still see groups today kind of influenced by the ideas of Dr. King and then, you know, also Gandhi, if you want to go kind of through that, because that's who he was influenced by. But if you remember the Occupy Wall Street movement, Tiananmen Square, Free Tibet, all of those are kind of influenced by the civil rights movement and Dr. King. Now, we are far from done with talking with civil rights and women's rights and so forth uh, because this is ongoing. Still to this day, we still have issues with, with both ends. So uh, there's more to come with all of this. This is just kind of a quick overview unit. So um, we will pick up with another exciting unit momentarily. Have a great day, everyone.